It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And uh, thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting, and of course, producer Luke that stepped in uh, as you were bringing smiles to children in December with the uh, Polar Express out, out at the Colorado Railroad Museum, producer Steve. Is that the same producer, Luke, who now knows how to make coffee? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the same one. Gee, if yes. there's anything to be said about taking a month off, and, and you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, I caught myself doing it. Uh, I'm not sure I should ever You caught yourself a- thinking? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> I'm not sure should I ever take a month off again because I'm sitting here listening to the open, staring at the window, and not really focused on what's being said. And you know, there's certain things that have to be done after the you know the announcer is done, you know, opening the show, and I'm like, oh, gee, what's uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you listened to the show, but you weren't having to produce the show yeah, during that time. There's a big difference when you're sitting on the couch with your, uh, your <laughs> coffee, li- listening to the KLZ on the app. And it's not the same as sitting in this chair. No, and making sure that all the buttons get pushed. So, But that was a great time for you, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah. Um, I mean, as you know, there was the whole month, it had its ups and its downs. Right. And uh, you know, we had a incredible, unexpected loss of uh, one of my nephews at the ripe old age of 48. He, uh, he just collapsed, which... It's not official yet, but we think it was a brain aneurysm. And, oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Three young kids from ages uh, 8 to 13. I'm and so sorry. It just, I got up that Monday morning because it happened on a Sunday the 11th, and I got up Monday morning, and I'm looking at a text from another sister, and the words are, I'm reading it, and I'm reading them over and over again, but they're not sinking in. It's like, no, this this doesn't happen. This, this can't is happen. a mistake. Yes, uh, too soon. I am so sorry, Steve. I know that it has broken your heart. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I know so that uh, December there were ups and downs, and I'm just, I'm just so, so sorry. But speaking for the ups, it was, uh, it was an incredible uh, run. Uh, that last week uh, where it got so darn cold out, I had some issues with my fee. I just couldn't – it was – I'm still trying to figure out what was happening in that extreme cold, but uh, – the, the people were there, and we were still sold out. So, uh, yeah, it, we completed the run of Polar Express. Lots of fun and lots of um, anticipation for what, what might be ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, what, it, does it start on, on Thanksgiving weekend, or when does it, that start? Oh, this year we started uh, about midway in, into the month of November. I don't have the exact date. Oh, but, before Thanksgiving. Yes, before. But, you know sold out is sold out so uh you know and, and i should have a breakdown it was like i think we were anticipating 400 people per night that's that's just fantastic and what a great memory for for everyone so i'm glad that you were able to do it we're back into uh 2023 and um i'm not sure i said this part which i always want to make sure that i remind everybody each day 
that uh, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your, your mind, and your body. Uh, and uh, do that each and every day. Uh, check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And remember yesterday when I said how hard we worked to get that out on Christmas? Well, we also worked to have it ready to go on New Year's Day, and then we forgot to hit send. And Keith said, did I get that? And yesterday we checked it. It's like, ah. So we had it. Zach and I said, we we still get a pass because we had it ready on Sunday, but we did send it out yesterday. That's kind of a first. Uh, We do try to get that out every Sunday. It's weekly. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You will not want to miss the essay that Pam Long has written, The Best and the Worst of Colorado Politics 2022. She was on yesterday to talk about that. That is excellent. It is really excellent. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues uh, on the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Remember, my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And force uh, can come in a diff- lots of different ways. It can be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, the new 87,000 IRS agents authorized in the Democrats' uh, Economy Reduction Act, I'm going to call it. $29 fee to keep Colorado Wild Pass on your 2023 vehicle registration, which will generate $65 million. So it is there, forcibly put on there. You would have to opt out. Or raising the price of eggs in Colorado by saying, uh, again, this was legislation that was passed by forcing producers to have a certain square footage, is my understanding, for each chicken. Is that right? Sure is. Only in Colorado. And, you know, we have, you know, the opening says, and you say quite often, freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And there could be a lot of listeners maybe new to us and saying, well, what does that really mean? But we have three prime examples today of being, you know, forced to do something. You want to talk about uh, the eggs? Yeah, let's talk about that. Or you want to talk about what you just now mentioned, the the fee on your registration, and also the uh, FAMLI. Mm-hmm. Starts, uh, they start collecting this year for next year, and we could detail all this in a bit. But whenever you're ready to talk about those, I just think it's kind of funny. Here we are; we've got three prime examples of force coming into play. Let's uh, let's let's table that for just a second. No, no, no. Let's let's do that because uh, I do want to get to the quote for today. But let's talk about the egg producers because uh, this is something I am hearing from lots of listeners. What is going on? And uh, I think it was over $8 for 18 eggs that you uh, paid. Is that right, Steve? Back in late November or early December, I heard people crowing, (laughs) no pun intended, about um, the price of eggs. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't really connect the dots, you know, a thing that we like to do here. But uh, about 10 days ago, leading up to, you know, Christmas, I went in to do a last-minute shopping I reached for an 18 pack of eggs and I saw the price eight, just short of eight bucks. And all of a sudden, I thought, well, this has to be wrong. They must have the wrong tag there. <laughs> I am notoriously famous, drive my wife crazy. When I go to the grocery store, I don't really look at prices. I take what's on my list and I grab it and I go. And all of a sudden, here I am now confronted with this 80, uh, almost $8 carton of eggs. And now it's 
hit home. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what they were talking about. And in the meantime, people are faced with inflation across the spectrum when they're buying uh, different things that are necessary for their lives. And then, of course, I am hearing from so many people regarding their XL energy bills. And this is all because of public policy that has been forcing forcing regulations and rules that in, increase the cost of production. So this is from the Center Square. You pulled this off for me, Steve. Said egg producers and consumers in Colorado will likely see egg prices continue to increase in 2023 due to a new law that will soon go into effect, economists say. Now, I do want to mention that this law didn't go into effect until after election. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, Colorado regulations are going to force, there's your word right there, egg producers to become fully cage-free by 2025. The first phase begins on January 1, 2023, as the new state law will require, and when we say law, that was passed by the legislature and then signed by Mr. Libertarian Jared Polis, (laughs) will require egg farmers to provide a ratio of one square foot per hen for certification to produce and sell eggs. Now, again, there's another force word. It's a compliance word certification. Uh, And we'll talk with Trent Luce tomorrow about food security. But as you, as uh, as legisl- as PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, pass rules and regulations and laws that increase the price of food, that starts to affect food security, particularly for those on the lowest rungs of the economic ladder. But then PBIs come in and say, oh, we will have a government program where we will take money via force from other people to subsidize those that are possibly uh, uh, concerned about food, food security, thereby taking more money out of the pocket of people that don't want to be dependent on government. And it, you can see the circle that occurs. And, and the thing about it and connecting these dots is these PBIs that put in these rules and regulations and laws create the problem, increasing the price of food and thereby affecting food security for people. And then they come in with a government program to take from other people to subsidize that particular program. All the while, they still will be picking winners and losers over in, over there and those they subsidize. Is that making sense to you? It I mean, is. it doesn't make sense, but does, does it, is it under, is it, uh, can you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I can. And okay. I said to you in the pre call, I feel, uh, well, nothing but pity for the person now, the people now who are in the grocery stores picking up eggs, looking at this incredible price. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, what is the, per- the, the percentage of increase? Mm-hmm. I, I have to sit down and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Four or five hundred percent, maybe more. And they don't have a clue as to why this has happened. Mm-hmm. And they just put the, you know, plop the uh, carton of eggs in their cart and they just press on. It's like, no, you've got to go find out why this is happening to you. And that's why we connect those dots. And so the impact of these new regulations means more cost to producers, more cost to producers. What that means is, is that it will uh, actually be more cost to you, affecting food security for everyday hardworking people. Uh, I wanted to get to our... Quote for the day, because I'm going to be talking with John Anderson. He was a recent candidate for Douglas County Sheriff, uh, a former captain uh, with the Castle Rock Police Police Department, regarding Colorado's red flag law. In light of the shootings down at the Q Club down in Colorado Springs in November, 
of course, these PBIs are uh, wanting to uh, increase uh, some of the regulations from the red flag law. I don't know exactly what those are going to be yet. There was a an article in the uh, Sin- Sentinel, I think it is. Uh, but I want to talk with uh, John Anderson about that. So we will talk with him in the third and fourth segment. But I went to this quote, and I found this really interesting by JFK, by John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Uh, he was an American politician who served as the 35th president of the United States from 1961 until 1963. He was the youngest person to assume the presidency by election. Uh, he was born in 1917 and did die in 1963 from assassination. But he said this. He said, today, we need a nation of Minutemen, citizens who are not only prepared to take arms, but citizens who regard the preservation of freedom as the basic purpose of their daily life and who are willing to consciously work and sacrifice for that freedom. I have never heard that quote, Steve. You know, I read it earlier and it, it uh, you know, maybe it lends itself to what we're talking about here. I mean, I'm saying I'm pitying people who reach for that carton of eggs and don't understand why it's, you know, increased four or five hundred percent. But it all to me, this quote leans back to being aware, just be engaged enough to know what's going on in this country. Compare yourself to or this country to others that are four or five hundred, maybe a thousand years older than this country. And again, we what the founding fathers were aware of when they brought this country into being. And it, it speaks to all of that. You've got to do your homework. We do have to do our homework. And in order to preserve freedom, my good friend Yvonne made such a I, I was with her this weekend and she said that there is a difference between freedom and free stuff. And I thought that that was so telling. And if you want free stuff, you end up having to give up your freedom. And uh, we'll talk a lot more about that. I want to get her on the show to talk about that. But these ideas, uh, and I was uh, talking with somebody yesterday about intellectual curiosity and how important that is. And that is what we are help, trying to help you have as well as, is curiosity to learn about these issues so that you can understand these issues and talk with your friends and your family and your colleagues about this. And I appreciate all of you who support us. And I have these great sponsors. And uh, a great sponsor came on with us in uh, December uh, is Roger Mangan. As a State Farm agent for 47 years, Roger Mangan has uh, served his customers, provided for his family, and given back to the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. For help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan Insurance is there. So I just got the State Farm Personal Price Plan on my car insurance. So you told your agent you play the bagpipes for your dog? What? No, I didn't get that. Personal, my agent just helped me create an affordable price just for me. Okay, let me show you what I've been working on. Hey, Buster! Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Effective financial planning incorporates investing for all the twists and turns of the economy, saving enough for your future, and understanding how to make your finances work for you. No one can predict what the market or economy will do. Three Points Financial, 
a fiduciary, comprehensive planning company, will look at all the pieces of your financial life, including your investment portfolios, legal tax strategies to save on taxes, and creating saving and retirement plans for your personal goals. Tomorrow will be here before you know it. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, will help you achieve financial security for today and tomorrow. Make your appointment at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And question for you. What do, what do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Lines-Weiler is creating a new kind of education model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive with experts in each of their fields. With courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, and psychology, there's a spring 2023 course for you. Dash over to ipac-edu.org for more information and to register. That's ipac-edu.org. I am already signed up for my uh, spring class, and that is going to be taught by Aga Wilson. Uh, she'd been with the UN. She's going to be teaching about globalism. So I'm very excited about that. I would love to have you join us. And again, that's at ipac-edu.org. Okay, Steve, today's a big day at the, um, at the, uh, in Congress, and that is the vote for Speaker of the House. And we had Wade Miller on yesterday with the Center for Renewing America regarding uh, Kevin McCarthy. And you found this from Fox News. Uh, and it's uh, it, it looks like as of yesterday, he still didn't have the votes and he's making concessions to the Freedom Caucus and to conservatives, which you made a really excellent point on our pre-call about that. I saw the the, uh, the headline that was on Fox News website yesterday said that he was scrambling to make concessions. And I, I, I guess they even listed a couple. I've got them sitting here. My first thought is, is this guy is scrambling to make concessions, then he's not the right guy, let's move on. But right. there, there's even more stuff on him today, and I just, this this timing couldn't be worse. At a time where we have this, uh, you know, this unique situation here where we can come back and force and put Biden in a box, mm-hmm. and now we got this division. Well, and what we saw with McConnell and those, uh, I think it was 18... Uh, Republican senators that basically sold us out on this last 1.7 trillion sp- spending bill, which ties the hands of the new uh, Republican congressmen and women that are, are coming 
into office until at least September. And uh, one of the things we have to do is cut off the money for all of this terrible stuff that's happening. It's it's not within the proper role of government. And in fact, Wade Miller said that uh, the Center for Renewing America has proposed a balanced bu- or a, a budget that will will balance. I want to say within. Oh, is it five or ten years? But the way to do that is to con- uh, to no longer continue to fund all this woke ideology that uh, is being funded by our, our tax dollars and borrowing from our children's future. Uh, and um, so we need to have people that would stand against that. We've seen the, the whole capitulation over there by McConnell and his cronies. And then this is so interesting that you found from uh, this was – Reported by Keith Koffler of Fox News, it says McCarthy has long been viewed with suspicion by some conservatives. It was members of the conservative House Freedom Caucus who caused him to stand down in 2015 when he was expected to replace John Boehner as speaker. They viewed McCarthy as a politician whose heart belongs to the Washington establishment, the ruling elite who for decades have defied conservative efforts to stem the relentless expansion of the federal government. It is lawmakers from the same caucus who are literally literally barring the door to McCarthy's ascension to power despite years of effort by the Californian to prove he was one of them. So this is going to be super interesting today, Steve. Wade uh, used the term yesterday. It's a new term that's been coined, and more and more people are using it, uniparty. And I'm thinking, here's a guy. I'm sorry, Mr. McCarthy, but apparently you've been caught speaking out of both sides of your mouth, and now people don't trust you, and you know, basically your ascension to that position is more business as usual. We have a right to be concerned. And uh, both McConnell, uh, these, these PBIs, but I'm going to talk about the elites that are part of the, the rhino and elites that are part of the Uniparty. They say what people want to hear, but when we are really watching uh, what is happening and what they're doing, these people have been selling out the American people. And not just Republicans, not just conservatives. They've been selling out everybody. You know, when we go back to the egg, the cost of eggs, that's not a Democrat or a Republican question there. That is a question about everyday consumers and what they're having to pay uh, for food at at the supermarket. And these rules and regulations start to uh, give us great concern regarding food security. And we need to have people that are standing up for the American people. And it looks like McCarthy has not been doing that. He's scrambling to make concessions. And to your point, Steve, if he has to scramble to make concessions at the last minute, then he probably shouldn't be our guy. Well, in the interest of educating everyone listening, should we talk the two key concessions that have been made so far? Do you want to talk about those yep. for a second? All right. The first one uh, really grabbed my attention. No more proxy voting. You're going to be, uh, you know, make a vote in the U.S. House of Representatives. You're going to be there. I uh, like, duh. I like, I like that. I like that, too. Well, you know, okay, to be fair, the stupid pandemic maybe caused us to maybe alter or stretch the rules a little bit, and now we're voting via, what's that uh, application? Zoom. Yeah, you're voting via Zoom or something like that. Okay, we're going to put an end to that. The other one I found a little bit more interesting, allowing for any five Republicans to force a vote of no confidence in the speaker. Apparently, there might have been predefined Republicans who could do that. Now he, uh, they want him to uh, 
allow for any five Republicans to uh, to do that. that. Now, that component would be very powerful. It is. Because that would mean those in the Freedom Caucus could actually vote for, um, make it no, a no-confidence vote. So that's pretty important. You, yeah, uh, you which, bet your buttons. Uh, if there were predefined five Republicans, well, you know, you darn well know that you can count on those people to do what you want them to do. But now when you swing the door open to any five Republicans, that's different. Yeah, that's going to change things. Uh, that's going to change things. But uh, once again, one has to ask why. You know, why does he need to make concessions if he's standing and representing the American people? And uh, so anyway, that's yeah. going to be super interesting. And after watching the hijinks of the person previously holding this position, I don't want any bias at all. I, I just don't. I mean, I want him, somebody there who's going to stand up for the American people. So uh, so stay tuned to see what will happen with that. I did want to mention this uh, other piece. This was in the Western Journal by Randy DeSoto. And I've actually been starting to ha- – people have been mentioning this to me. And I guess um, uh, Huckabee uh, talked about this the other day, Mike Huckabee. And it's titled, Everybody Missed It, Bombshell Huckabee Announcement. The Supreme Court case could flip 2020 and boot Biden and Harris. And it goes on to say, former Arkansas governor and Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee published a piece recently calling attention to the case of Brunson versus Adams set to be heard before the U.S. Supreme Court this week. What the plaintiff appellate uh, Rayland Brunson of Ogden, Utah, and his three brothers seek is nothing less than the removal of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris from office, arguing members of Congress failed to fulfill their constitutional duty on January 6, 2021, by not reviewing allegations of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Sit down. I guarantee the Supreme, Supreme Court story is real, Huckabee wrote. The Supreme Court has agreed to a hearing for a case that could conceivably, please consider this the longest of long shots, overturn the election of 2020, throw out all the legislators who voted to certify the results, and leave them ineligible to run for office ever again, even for town dog catcher, he explained. The case is set for oral argument on Friday, January 6th, the second anniversary of the Capitol incursion. The argument that the Brunson brothers make in their lawsuit is that 388 lawmakers named in their court filing took an oath to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yet they purposely thwarted all efforts to investigate allegations of fraud in the 2020 election, whereupon this enemy was not checked or investigated. Therefore, the respondents adhered to this enemy. And there's more information. You can get that at the Western Journal. And it's titled, Everybody Missed It, Bombshell Huckabee Announcement. Um, Very interesting. Had you heard anything about this, Steve? Not that explicit. I have uh, a family member back on the East Coast who keeps on saying, and she keeps still saying it, uh, that Trump's coming back. And we're not just talking about 2024. And I think, no, there's just no vehicle to get us there. But I don't know. Uh, well, this is a, a long shot. Yeah. What do you, how do you say this is the longest of long shots? Yeah, this is a long shot. But it is interesting that the Supreme Court is going to hear this case. That is very interesting. Yes. 
but we also know the Supreme Court has been politicized as well. So it'll be very interesting to watch what happens with that. Uh, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. Another sponsor of both the shows, and that is the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. And America's Veteran Stories, we have so many important stories. This uh, one last Sunday that we broadcast uh, was with Major General James E. Livingston, retired Marine, uh, Medal of Honor recipient. That will rebroadcast this Sunday, 10 to 11, and then next Saturday, 10 to 11 p.m. Uh, on uh, all KLZ platforms. But Hooters Restaurants is great sponsors of both the shows, and uh, they have uh, all kinds of specials for lunch and happy hour Monday through Friday, and Wednesdays are Wednesday. And it's an interesting story, how they became my business partner. You can find that at KimMunson.com. It's a story story about freedom, free markets, and capitalism. We're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That's why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Monson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Patriot Pro's HVAC Plumbing and Electrical has been setting a high bar for home maintenance and repairs from Franktown to Lakewood and Colorado Springs to Denver since 1997. The Patriot Pros team works hard to deliver top-notch service to our customers and takes pride in everything they do. All our plumbers and technicians are properly licensed, bonded, and insured, so when you work with Patriot Pros, it gives you peace of mind knowing your home is in good hands. Patriot Pros is a proud partner and sponsor of The Kim Munson Show. For more information, go to PatriotPros.com. That's PatriotPros.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Uh, I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And Steve, I have to, I made a mistake. I hate that when that happens. But I am so excited about our new sponsor, and that is Patriot Pros. And we're going to be talking with uh, Javier Hoggard. Uh, I hope next hour, I, I initially had it in the second segment today, and I don't know, I had a brain freeze. So I'm hoping that that will work for him to call in at 7.05, because I really want people to meet him and... Uh, this is my second mistake of, of the, uh, and it's only January 2nd. I hate that when that happens. Well, it's January 3rd, but. Uh, oh, <laughs> there's my third one. <laughs> I was going to make a snarky remark regarding, uh, well, never mind. But uh, yeah, Actually, no, seriously, when we did that JFK quote, do you remember where you were the day that. I do. Okay, I remember it quite well. I do. 
I, I remember that when he was assassinated. So let's get over here to John Anderson. Uh, he is uh, a former captain in the Castle Rock Police Department and a former candidate for Douglas County Sheriff. And uh, somebody sent me uh, a report that this legislature and Governor Polis may try to make changes to the red flag law that was passed in 2019. And I remember reading that particular piece of legislation and was very concerned about it because it really looked to me like instead of addressing dangerous individuals, it looked like it put in place a, a, a way to I, I felt it was an assault on sec, potential Second Amendment uh, rights of everyday people. And um, so I wanted to talk with John Anderson about that. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I guess it's the third. I can't get my days right here, John. <laughs> I know. That happens to us. The older we get, it seems like, doesn't it? Hey, one thing, backing up a little bit, Javier. I personally know Javier. You've made a great choice. He's a great guy, and he owns a professional company. So I'm going to throw that little plug in for him. Good guy. Oh, I'm so excited about it, and uh, I, um, I'm i really excited, and hopefully it's going to work for him to call in at 7.05. But I'm very impressed with what I see with uh, Patriot Pro's HVAC uh, and heating and air conditioning and electrical and plumbing, and so uh, really excited to have them as uh, sponsors. And, and if you know him, then that's a, that's a, a great uh, a great. Uh, referral on that as well. So, John, let's jump into this, though, regarding the red flag law. And you're looking at solutions. And And I actually was on Trent Luce's um, first uh, uh, publication, or his first TV show that uh, aired yesterday. And uh, he and I were both talking about that we need to have solutions as we are moving into 2023. And so you have a solution for this red flag law. So where do you want to start, John? Well, I think that, uh, you know, when I was campaigning, I talked so heavily about red flag and, and the shortcomings of it. And I, and I was kind of got the kickback that people, they really weren't getting the message about red flag. So I, I think that maybe just if we touch on red flag to try to uh, build a foundation for the new solution that, that I'm going to propose the legislation, maybe that would give a better idea. And uh, we could start there if you like. Let's do. All right. So as we all know, that red flag, Initially, it starts with somebody calling the court to the judge and, and explain to them that they have a situation with somebody, you know, in their family or whoever. And the judge builds a, a case uh, on the phone in their own mind, and they collect the, what, they, what evidence they want to get, by, and uh, they make their decision on preponderance of the evidence. And preponderance of the evidence just basically means that uh, they have to believe maybe 51%. It's very subjective of what the caller has told them. So... It's a little, it's a little more highly likely that this person did it, but it also could be unlikely. So, based on that, the judge will issue a search warrant and give it to the police to go search, you know, um, somebody's individual. I mean, in their rights uh, in their home, and uh, that's what I think we're talking about. It's a, it's a really loosey goosey here on uh, on your on your on your rights, your Second Amendment, and, and many of your other rights. And this is what uh, I see as a problem. And I can explain to you what uh, what that would entail if uh, if I was I was a commander of a SWAT team for 20 years. If I got that order from the judge, and based on what has happened in the past with police officers, I can explain to you what my procedure would be, and probably that of others, on how it would affect your life if if you were the unlikely one to be uh, guilty of these this complaint on preponderance. Well, and John, and again, this is from memory. I remember reading the red flag law, 
And I was concerned about it because instead of uh, isolating the, the person that might be a dangerous individual, it was focused on only taking their firearms away from them. And I remember reading a story that uh, I think it was a Broomfield either deputy or, or a chief of police there. I can't remember which one. But they had said that ideally, if they were going to take the firearms from someone that had been been um, accused of something, and somebody might even, that person might not even know that this legal stuff is going on. And this uh, particular uh, police officer, or um, I, I need to, anyway, it was somebody with the Broomfield Police Department. They said, well, we would prefer to go and take those firearms when the person is not there. And I thought, my gosh, here's somebody that's not even home. And uh, they don't even know what's happening there. So I thought that I was concerned about due process on that, John. Yeah, the due process is very weak. And, and let me give an example here. So, you know, what, what the judge has just handed down to the police is it's we, that he believes that somebody's out there of high risk uh, of injuring themselves or somebody else, and public police officers. And that's what, that's what I'm going to believe as a commander if I get that. And Got it. Okay. Anybody can place themselves in the situation of that. You know, place yourself as that commander. So what you're faced with is this. Do I send one or two police officers over there to contact this guy and risk him get, them getting injured or killed? What if this is the likely one, but it's still unlikely? No, i tell you what I'm going to do. Because of today's liability and, and saving the life of uh, officers and family, I will send a SWAT team over there. And that SWAT team is going to enter the door, and they're going to, first of all, what they will do for safety for officer safety reasons under red flag we will we will take everyone in the house, and if it's you know day before Christmas, and your family is there, your grandkids, your your mother, your father, for safety reasons, and you can legally do this. We would handcuff everyone in the house, put them in a in the side room, and have an officer watch them while the rest of the team searches for your guns, and they'll search only for your guns because that's the focus. Then they'll take whatever guns they find. Not saying they find them all, but say they do their best they can. Then they leave and they issue a summons for the person who they're after to appear before the court within two weeks. All right? So there's a lot of problems with that. And, and you know what that does to that individual is that then what it creates is the neighborhood is going to see this. Channel 9 or whoever's going to see this. His employment's going to see this. This individual, if he's not proven through probable cause and based on the facts, his or her life is done. It's it's over, and it's terrible. And uh, that is not acceptable. And and I think that the public needs to know that and hear that. And I'll tell you something else real quick. And I, and I, don't, I'm, I know we only have a few minutes, and that's why I'm talking, talking quick here. It, when I was a detective and in law enforcement stuff, you know, you have to write an affidavit, you know, for a search warrant or an arrest. All right? The affidavit has to be built on the facts. And it goes to the district attorney to get approved based on the facts. If I wrote an affidavit on, on preponderance of the evidence, well, it's kind of likely did, kind of likely didn't, that district attorney would, would laugh in my face or any law enforcement agencies. But if you convince the district attorney, let's take it to the court. Let's just do that based on the preponderance of the evidence. Well, number one, that would be a defense attorney's dream, and the court would laugh you out of the room. So that's what we're dealing with with the red flag. And we have, I have a solution for that. But 
we can talk about that here in a minute as we go on. Well, let's do that. And, John, a couple of things. Uh, I think that it's important. I know there's so much information. You and I did a pre-call on this yesterday that I think that we uh, have you on regularly so that we can understand what red flag is and that there is actually solutions that are better than what the red flag law is. So I think that's really important. So we're going to go to break. I'm talking with John Anderson. He's a former captain uh, with the Castle Rock Police Department and also uh, a recent candidate for Douglas uh, County Sheriff. We're talking about red flag law and actually a better solution uh, than the red flag law. And it does look like this legislature may uh, use the tragedy of the the, uh, shooting down at the Q uh, Club uh, to um, to um, to do additional things with the red flag. Before we do that, though, nonprofit that I care dearly about is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And Paula Sarles is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation. She's a woman Marine and a Vietnam veteran's gold star wife. And it is on her heart to uh, raise the money, her and her team, to raise the money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And you can help them by going to the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We will be right back with John Anderson. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale, so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is John Anderson, former captain with the Castle Rock Police Department. 
as well as uh, a recent candidate for Douglas County Sheriff. Uh, We've been talking uh, about the red flag law that was passed in 2019 by this legislature and signed by uh, uh, this governor. Uh, But we we want solutions. We want solutions uh, for what is happening there instead of PBIs, those politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, using tragedies to push forth their agenda, which is what I think happened with the red flag law. But there are solutions, John Anderson, and you've got one. What is that? Well, I do have a solution, you know, and and I guess I'll explain it by starting like this. You know, um, it's called the M1 law. The M1 law has been around for a long, long time, even during my career 40 years ago and it's very constitutional and um it explains that um that any person not just family members or not just by looking for a grudge they have to call the, the the police department the police department on a person the police department will go out and contact somebody who the subject and based on the, the the police officer's findings and keep and keep in mind an m1 law that also includes the judges they're not they're not trained i'm sorry but they're not that uh, a certified police officer in an M1 hole is um, okay to admit someone, a doctor or a licensed psychologist, or an APRN, a registered nurse. Those are the only four people that, you know, by state law are allowed to um, commit somebody to an M1 hole. What an M1 hole means basically is is that uh, this person, after you contacted them, the officer believes from the statements that they got that he's in imminent danger to himself or to someone else or the public or police or whoever. They can they can take that person, and this is where M1 has shortcomings too, and this is what I'm going to build off of M1, this new proposal. M1 says you can hold somebody for 72 hours and have them evaluated. At the end of 72 hours, they're free to go. And only if the evaluation is serious, serious enough can a request to the court be made that they be held longer. And that, I don't, I've never heard of one happening in my entire career based on that. So that's, that's the M1 law, but it's in the right direction because everything's based on probable cause and due process, whereas red flag is not. And just one quick example, I guess, for red flag, we talked about the judges issuing the warrant and then going back to hearing the judges go ahead and um, uh, reach a conclusion on, on what, what it is. I guess an example of that, we can is if a police officer stops you for and give you a ticket for whatever it doesn't matter, or charge you with assault. They told you to appear on this day at this location. You went there like like a good citizen, and you walked into that courtroom and you saw the chief of police sitting where the judge normally sits, or a commander, or a police officer that's going to hear your case. Does that seem like it'd be fair? No, not at all. No. Well, that's exactly what's happening with red flag. The judge issues it, and you go listen to. You go back to the courts, and uh, they hear your case. There's no problem. There's no in between, like our constitution says. So anyway, so the M two. Here we come to the M two. So if you've heard of like uh, uh, a felony, uh, a class one felony, class two felony, class one misdemeanor, class three misdemeanor, you know that's how those charges work. Each one, each level has more of a severity of charge. I think it's best that we address the mental issues here instead of trying to hammer laws and, and guns, seizures of guns and what have you. And it's just not guns. Look at the Idaho killings. Knives. Yes. Look at the police officers that were in New York. Knives. And there's a lot more of that going on than, than what's really reported by the, by the media, unfortunately. It's sad. But, but Red Flag has become uh, 
I don't know, a cornerstone of people's minds because it's how it was marketed. And I can give you an example. I can give you it because the M1 has been around a long time as constitutional, but it's been overshadowed, dropped off in the dark ages for a red flag. And it's like when you eat a steak, you know, most people, and I've asked people, you know, which do you think tastes better, a black Angus steak or a Hereford steak? Oh, the majority always says black Angus. In reality, you can't tell the difference. But red flag has been marketed to be that black Angus steak. Hereford is now, you know, way over here in the corner, so I didn't heard of that. And you're a cattle guy, so you can talk steaks, right, John? I am a cattle guy. I know all about roast and rump steaks and all that. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm into that. So I, I know, and that's why I basically switched over and leaned toward having more Angus in the herd, you know. But uh, I'm still a Hereford guy, too. Anyway, so then what? So say, let's just address the mental issues here. So what I would like to do is, is uh, build on one's shortcomings. And how we do that is, 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 is that we call it, instead of M1, we call it M2. And since it's related to red flag, we can call it M2 red. Okay. M2 red. And so what the M2 red would entail is this. The procedure is the same. The police officer, in, when he gets a call, will go contact this individual. Well, if you take the case of the Colorado Spring shooting, when they, when they talk to that guy, back in June 18th, you know, he... He told law enforcement, or grandparents told law enforcement, that he was going to kill them with a bomb. Eventually, even later on, the SWAT arrested him for stockpiling ammunition and guns and what have you and saying he's going to kill people and become the next mass murderer. Well, all those charges were dropped, and you know what? He was let go. But the issue is they don't care about that. They have mental issues. The mental issues are the issue, not the guns, not, not the knives, the cars. But the thing is, it's the mental issues, and that's what we have to address. M2 will address that. So we take the person into custody. Well, what we change in the law is, is that no longer will 72 hours apply to M2 red. It'll be whatever we decide, four days, five days, six days, hold them. During that time, we will contract out two certified professional psychiatric agencies to evaluate this person at separate times independently. So... We'll just say the first psychiatric treatment or evaluation is done within 24 hours. The next one will be done whatever time we set in law, 24, 48 hours. Now you have due process. Probable cause started with the officer. He has the statements from the witness. You have the statement from the officer. The person is being held in a statement, and he's getting an attorney during his time. Is now uh, analyzed by two psychiatrists. All of this information now goes to the judge. Now the judge has all the power in the world. Now he can say, yes, he's a definite danger to himself and to the public society, and we need to deal with that. There's no question about it. Now that, that, that person, that Ulrich in Colorado Springs, this would apply to him perfectly. Perfectly. Everybody would have said this guy is a danger to himself. The judge could hold him. The judge could order now a search warrant to go collect not just the guns, we, we got to get over with just the guns. You know, people get killed with knives. They get killed with cars. They get killed with propane bombs. Some of the worst killing school of kids has been by bombs. You know, but the focus, Black Angus marketing, Red Flag, it's marketed toward just guns. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not marketing it toward the mentally ill. And just focused on that. And that's where we're missing the boat. So 
the M2 law is, is very powerful. It follows due process, probable cause, and goes up to the courts where the courts need to hear the evidence instead of trying to build the evidence. So, John, just another question, and uh, I think it's constitutional where somebody that is accused of something can face their accuser. And with the red flag law, uh, somebody would not even know somebody has accused that him of, of something. Here, also, there is that component that is in the Constitution, correct? Where, where, Absolutely. where the Absolutely. person yep. knows the, the, uh, that they've been accused of something, and of course, you know, there's been the concern that if, um, um, you say, there's a grudge between the two, that that the the accused might take something out on that the one that had made the accusation but but that is so important that uh, to me that that people are able to understand who has accused them of doing something absolutely yes it is it's very important and uh yeah to your point you know the person who who may be sitting at home um unlikely or likely doesn't know you know it's just a preponderance of the evidence gets a knock on the door and he opens it up and says what team whoa right you know, i'd probably die of a heart attack right, right there right but uh but they're not after me that's the issue they're after my guns that's red flag. okay i cannot agree with that okay so where what happens next here because this sounds like a very interesting solution john anderson yeah i think it's i think it's a great solution and i've uh talked to uh, uh Mr. Baisley and some others that I would like to sit down with them and, and maybe get this in writing and take before the legislation because it, it, it's something that we can all come together on. You know, it protects everyone and it protects even the mentally ill, you know, because that's what we're addressing. It protects, it, it's an all around solution and it's fair. And um, it also addresses red flag and. And, and just a quick question, John. We have just a couple of minutes left. Uh, talking about the mentally ill, then what would happen, um, you know, after these psychiatric evaluations? What could potentially happen with that person? Of course, we'll do whatever they want with it. You know, I don't know if, it, you know, they'll, they'll weigh the evidence that has been presented to them by everyone. And uh, whatever the power the court has, then they'll address it. I don't know what the court would do with them. I can't second guess that. But I tell you what, it would bring a new level of awareness to uh, what if, you know, the court may say, well, my hands are a little tied, too, on this whole issue. Uh, Then maybe we need to address a new law that uh, addresses that issue, you know. But we need to get a handle on this and do it right. And I, I think this is a good start. So this potentially could be some legislation that would be introduced, which would be a real solution. Uh, instead of uh, the red flag law, this would be a real solution. John Anderson, I love the fact that you're thinking outside the box on all this. Well, it means a lot to me. You know, I love America. I love who we are, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for that freedom and that right and everyone's rights. Uh, uh, even if I don't know a person, it's your right. You know, giving giving the police the judge giving that the police that much power. I was a cop for over 40 years. It's too much power for the police to have. Believe me, it, it is, and I don't agree with it. And that's coming from a cop. And that's coming from somebody. And how long were you a police officer, John Anderson, before you retired? Over 40 years. 40 years. Okay. John Anderson, we're going to stay on top of this. The legislature opens uh, January 9th, and so we will stay on top of this. And we're looking for solutions uh, that will work. And this sounds like a really interesting idea. So, John Anderson, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. Take care. 
Yeah, most definitely. And our quote for the end of the show is uh, anonymous. And uh, this, I, I chose this be, again because John was on the show, and, it's, and it goes like this. It says, without either the First or Second Amendment, we would have no liberty. The first allows us to find out what's happening. The second allows us to do something about it. The second will be taken away first, followed by the first, and then the rest of our freedoms. So my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that, that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And thank you to each of you who are listening. You're each treasured and valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Echo, Charlie, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday, January 3rd to you, Producer Steve. Oh, you okay. It is January 3rd now. Yes, it, okay. it is. I'm finally, I'm off to a little rocky start here today, and I am so pleased to have on the line with me uh, Javier Hoggard. He is the owner of Patriot Pros uh, Heating, uh, Air Conditioning, Electrical and Plumbing, and a new sponsor of the show. Javier, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for uh, having us, Kim. And I appreciate all the work you do. Well, we are. I'm just thrilled to welcome you as uh, a new sponsor, and I love the name Patriot Pros. So, tell us a little bit about why you named your company Patriot Pros. That's an easy one. I love this country. I uh, I actually I'm a transplant. I uh, I'm a Spaniard. Had nothing to do with the states till I was eight, and that's essentially because my. Uh, my beautiful, wonderful mother uh, of a uh, single mom with three kids um, met a sailor, an American sailor. They fell in love. My entire world went from an all-Spanish environment to an all-American one. And uh, since uh, from the age of eight uh, onward, uh, obviously, I got introduced to the American way of life uh, as opposed to the Spanish way of, of life, which is, I'm not sure if you know this, but Spain's a socialist country. And and basically, just uh, after the age of eight, uh, just all kinds of opportunities opened up for us. And and uh, at the age of 17, my father just turned over to me and just simply asked me the question, son, how would you like to become an American citizen? And I was just, and I got to tell you, in, in 
of this day. That's really has been one of my most fondest memories. Uh, uh, hopping on a plane, going to Washington D.C. to raise my right hand and and uh, and uh, essentially uh, pledging an oath to uh, to abide by and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And I got to tell you. That was one of my most proudest moments. So I, just the fact that I'm here and able to, to do what I am able to do, I just, I'm just super happy. And, and what better way to honor my business uh, than just to call it Patriot? I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, uh, I wish more Americans would love American, uh, America as much as I, I do, i got to tell you that. <laughs> so every chance I, I can, I, I uh, stand up for our our American values, and, uh, and again, that's that's why the name of the company, Patriot Pros. Well, and I I'm excited because y- y- you and I we have the the same you know the same feeling about this country, and I got chills when you just said that your father uh, said, "Would you like to become an American citizen?" So you came to America then. You were 17, is that right, Javier? Yeah. Well, I actually I, I came to America for the first time at the age of eight, and then we stayed here till I was ten. Went back to Spain, and I pretty much stayed there till I was uh, till I was eighteen. But at the age of seventeen, that's when my uh, father, of course, we were uh, we were residing at a naval base, uh, Road of Spain, um, and, um, and again, I just had a lot of American influences, and to me, it was just very obvious. That America was just the land of opportunity, and and I was uh, very driven. In fact, uh, the story that got told to me over and over again, and that I was able to witness for myself, is just that if you just had drive and were just a good person and got out there and just uh, didn't mind working uh, hard for it, then you could pretty much do just about anything you wanted. And and here I am. So you take that now, and you have this very successful company, Patrick Pros, which is HVAC, electrical, and plumbing. And when did you uh, begin Patriot Pros? How long have you been in business? I, I started in the year back in 1997, so 26 years ago. And, and what an American, uh, just a great American story. So 26 years ago. Uh, and what sh- what area do you service, Javier? We service, or we're based out of Castle Rock, but we go all the way from uh, essentially uh, South Denver to North Colorado Springs. Okay. And... Uh, and what what would you say makes you different? And, and when I first uh, started talking with Allie, who does all of your your great marketing, uh, she when we sat down, she said something along the line of, "You want to be the very best. You strive for excellence." And and I thought, oh, I would really love to have you be a sponsor of the show because that's what we work to do as well. Apologies when I strive for excellence. I messed up on our timing today, so I apologize to you on that. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. But happy, I it, happy to be present. But it's great to have you. But you you strive for excellence, and I uh, I actually can say that. Um, I, I had uh, Patriot Pros come out, and Craig came out and uh, did my furnace check last month, and I was so impressed with his attention to detail. It was really a great experience, Javier. Absolutely. You know, this uh, this morning I was reflecting. Uh, uh, all of our entire team essentially uh, shows up at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, where they have a tech meeting, and they talk about uh, customer service, just customer service, customer service. At seven o'clock, then so they and they go from one meeting to the next meeting, and the next meeting has got more to do with basically. And this is how we were, 
reunite the field staff with the office staff, and we talk about, uh, again, just great customer service. Uh, we all stand up and uh, pledge allegiance to the flag. Love it. Uh, and after, after that, we all uh, essentially stand in a big circle and state uh, gratitude gratitudes that we're super grateful for and uh, also uh, a win to, to, to win the day. And, and here's the most amazing part, Kim, is that all of that, they do all of that on their own free time. I, I, I don't pay anyone for any of that time. In fact, their, their payroll starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. So everybody, in fact, uh, they're actually in the next room uh, doing that, that same meeting, and, uh, and they're all do it, doing it just basically uh, just because they, they want to be better. And uh, and that's what they strive to be, and and the fact that they're actually doing it on their own time uh, uh, really speaks loudly as to how much they actually care about great great customer service and 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 what we're doing here. And Javier, we talk a lot on the show about freedom versus force, force versus freedom. You're not forcing them to do that. They are choosing oh, no, to do this. They are choosing no, to do no, this no, because no, because. Um, they want to want to be the the best that they can be. I I find that super impressive, Javier. Yeah, I, you know I uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, you know I I basically I I share with them the only thing that I do I just basically share with them you know that the only way they can possibly ever maximize anything in life is just to go out of the way for others. And how can you possibly go out of your way for others if you're limited uh, with your own skills? So. So they just take an active interest in uh, making sure that they're uh, really doing everything that they can on their end to improve themselves so that when they go out to the customer's homes, that they are just really um, impacted by their awesomeness. <laughs> That's uh, And i got to tell you, uh, I was speaking with uh, someone the other day. In fact, uh, they were under the impression that I was in there running the class. And no, the, the team is so dynamic that they're actually teaching themselves. Uh, and it's just uh, I got to tell you, I'm I'm um, I'm very impressed with the uh, with the team that we have. Well, I am as well. So a couple of things. First of all, your website is uh, it's patriotpros.com, correct? Patriotpros.com. That is correct. Is that the best way to get a um, to reach you? I get because the, the phone number is on there as well. Correct. That's probably the best place to go. That is correct. And we and we have so many phone numbers. I. Uh, um, I know that uh, one of them is uh, 720-897-5559. Okay. And Javier, uh, with these temperatures where they're at, if anybody has any challenges with their, their furnace, uh, they they can certainly call you. I need to have you send one of your electrical people out. I've got a little, uh, and I'll talk with Allie about that, getting that scheduled. But are you running any specials right now here in January? Absolutely, we are. Uh just have them call us up, mention your your name, uh, that I heard you from the Kim Monson Show, and uh, we're going to waive our 289 dispatch fee. And uh, i got to tell you, what's so awesome about our service is that we show up as a friend, and we basically just find the issue, find out why it's happening, and just really just go out of our way to fully educate our homeowners, which we consider them friends, and just really empower them to make uh, make up their own mind. You know, we, we don't... We're not there. The only agenda we have is basically is just to make sure that they're at least informed as to what's happening, why it's happening, what can be done about it, and uh, really just just take the time, the necessary time to actually understand them and understand their needs. And after all, this is their biggest investment, so why 
why shouldn't we make that our top priority? Well, Javier, uh, you and I uh, are working on the, just the, the same thing, trying to keep people informed uh, in the, your business and our business. I am so excited to have you as a new sponsor to the show, and that's PatriotPros.com. PatriotPros.com. And we will talk to you again next week, Javier. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks so much, Kim, and keep up the great work. Okay, well, thank you. And as you can see, uh, I have these amazing sponsors. And the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team will create personalized insurance plans to cover all your needs, from protection for your cars to your home, condo, boat, motorcycle, business, and renter's coverage. Contact the Roger Mangan team now at 303-795-8855 for a complimentary appointment. Like a good neighbor, Roger Mangan's team is there. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's, it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. Homeownership, a place to call your own, has created wealth for Coloradans throughout the years. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance understands the importance of homeownership. Karen Levine works tirelessly at the local, county, state, and national levels to protect your property rights. With nearly 30 years' experience as a Colorado realtor, Karen Levine will help you navigate the metro real estate market, whether you're buying your home, selling your home, considering a new build, or exploring investment properties. Call Karen at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate needs. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And as you know, we look at these issues. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the uh, the uh, lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, I did want to ask you, what do Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Nikola Tesla have in common? None of these men graduated from college, but each of them had enormous intellectual curiosity. Scientist Dr. James Linesweiler is creating a new kind of education model for the busy, intellectually curious, IPAC-EDU. Classes are affordable and interactive with experts in each of their fields. With courses in biology, philosophy, analytics, health and wellness, political science, chemistry, and psychology, there's a spring 2023 course for you. I have signed up for the course on globalism with Aga Wilson, and uh, she had been with the UN for a number of years, so it's going to be fascinating. Love to have you join us. And you can register at IPAC, that's IPAK-EDU.org, that's IPAC-EDU.org. I am pleased to have on the line with me Phil Kirpin, and uh, he is uh, with American Commitment. He is the president of American Commitment, and we want to talk about how to stop President Biden's student loan bailout. Phil Kirpin, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Ken. Great to be with you. Great to have you. Uh, we're, we're out of the box here. Things are happening. Uh, no rest for the weary. <laughs> uh, so a couple of things. First of all, the student loan bailout. I think Biden has been trying to 
buy votes with this. Um, but there's something inherently immoral about it, that people that made this commitment uh, are actually then other people would have to pay that commitment. However, Phil, I had a young, uh, a young producer on who was talking about many of his friends that they have been encouraged, encouraged since kindergarten, and these kids are 24, they've been encouraged since kindergarten, go to college, go to college, go to college. And then here's this big carrot of the student loan, and now they, they've graduated and they've got this big hickey that they have to pay, and, and so th- this messaging has been tough for them. So what's your thoughts about that, Phil? Well, as much sympathy as we might have for somebody who maybe uh, made a bad decision to go to a college and has a huge amount of debt, and maybe they didn't finish and they don't uh, have great job prospects, uh, I think we should have more sympathy uh, for the people who didn't go to college or who paid their own way uh, who would be on the hook uh, for paying those loans if something like Biden's plan were able to move forward. And so um, it's not that we have a lack of sympathy for the people in that situation, uh, but I think that that doesn't justify what the president's trying to do. And I also think that, you know, even if there are some people that we might have sympathy for and we might, uh, you know, want to, you know, bail out, if you will, I think there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And what the president is proposing um, is incredibly poorly targeted because the person who's under a mountain of seventy or eighty or a hundred thousand dollars of debt, who has no good job prospects, their situation really isn't improved much. If the president knocks ten or twenty thousand dollars off that balance, they're still not going to be able to pay it. They're still going to be under a mountain of debt. And at the same time, you know, he gives people who are making up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars who absolutely could be making those payments. He gives them the same ten or twenty thousand dollars. And so the, the targeting of this is extremely poor. If we have, if we have. If we have the intuition that some people were taken advantage of and are in a bad situation they can't get out of and we should do something for them, the traditional approach to that is the bankruptcy laws. And, of course, we've made it so that student loans are almost impossible to discharge in bankruptcy. And I would suggest that if we want to do something to help people who are in, you know, uh, in a situation they can't get out of because of massive loans that they can't pay back, I would say reform the bankruptcy laws uh, so it's a little bit easier to discharge those. And uh, I would make part of that that the college or university should be on the hook for a portion of any uh, student loan that's discharged in a bankruptcy so that they've got an incentive not to just take as much uh, borrowed money as possible and not care what happens after the student's gone. Now, that is, that's very creative because what we have seen when they talk about free college – I don't see any of these administrators or professors at these colleges saying that they want to work for free. And so somebody would be paying for, quote, unquote, free college. And uh, so and also results. Uh, These kids that are being told, go to college, go to college. And it used to be an education really meant something when people got a degree in uh, 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 where they could go and get a job uh, and they could thrive and flourish because of that education. Now, when we look at many of these courses that are out there, there are no job prospects unless uh, go to maybe an ideological uh, think tank or something for some of these uh, potential uh, degrees. And so I think education has been hijacked. Uh, Many times it used to be that I was the first to go to college and it was a big deal. 
but then it is for a number of years it's kind of dissed people that work with their hands i come from people that work with their hands from farmers and ranchers and and so the the fact that uh, kind of the looking down on people that have worked with their hands, but yet now they're looking at people that have chosen not to go to college and work with their hands to pay their student loans. There's something that's immoral about that, Phil Kirpin. Yeah, I agree with that. Look, I mean, the, the president wants to give ten to twenty thousand dollars to about forty million people, but to do that, you've got to make the other two hundred ninety million people pay for it. Uh, there's no, there's no free money from the sky. Uh, if a loan is not paid back by the borrower, then the cost is absorbed by the lender. In this case, the lender is the United States Treasury. And if the United States Treasury absorbs those losses, they need to either make up for them with new taxes from somewhere else, which we know they're not likely to do, or you know, or borrow the money to make up for it, in which case the Federal Reserve will print it. And then we all pay for it through higher prices for everything. And so there's no there's no free lunch here. If the people who borrowed the money, the 40 million people who borrowed the money don't have to pay it back, then the other 290 million people are uh, paying for it. And that's incredibly immoral. I agree with you on that. And I think that's why we've seen a lot of backlash against it. However, um, you know, the 40 million people who get the gift uh, from Biden uh, – they care a lot more about it than the 290 million people across all of whom the cost is spread uh, maybe imperceptibly in the price of everything. And so it's, it's a classic sort of concentrated benefit diffuse cost situation where there's political upside, uh, even though it really is incredibly unfair and it harms more people than it helps uh, because it's the people it helps uh, feel and perceive the help uh, more than the people it harms. Well, and and I want to drill down a little bit more about how we got here, because if we're going to look at solutions, it was back, uh, I think, near right around the time that Obamacare was passed out of Congress, that there was also the takeover of the student loan industry by the federal government. Am I remembering that correctly, Phil? Yeah, it was actually in the same bill. Uh, remember, Obamacare ended up being a two-bill uh, law because they were trying to get around Scott Brown winning in Massachusetts, and so they took sort of the original sort of not complete draft bill that had passed the Senate on Christmas, and then they uh, paired it up with a reconciliation bill to make changes to it and so on and so forth because that could pass with only 50 votes in the Senate. And that reconciliation bill was sort of the, the two-bill part of, the, uh, the, of Obamacare, the second bill of that. Uh, it was called the Healthcare and Education Reconciliation Act, and the H. Sarah is sort of the nickname for it. But the, the education part of that was this great idea that Ted Kennedy had to have the federal government nationalize student lending. And what they, they said, what they told us, is they said, look, you know, uh, the private banks are making so much money on all this interest. Uh, if the federal government took it over, then the taxpayers would be making that money, and we can use all that money that we would make in the interest to, as one of the ways to pay for Obamacare, as one of the revenue sources oh. for you know, the new programs and those two bills that were kind of passed together. And it was a classic, it was a classic government accounting thing, uh, Kim, because when they were passing it, they said, this is going to raise $60 billion in the first 10 years and 200-some billion dollars in the second 10 years, and it's going to be you know, this revenue source we're using it to pay for. I think it was two years later they said, no, actually, it's not going to make $200 billion. It's going to lose $200 billion. Oh, they got the, they got the signs wrong in front of it, huh? Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. It took, them, it took them just two years to figure out that actually the federal government would not be 
as good or better at running student lending uh, than private banks. In fact, would be much worse at it and would lose a lot of money. And uh, they have lost a lot of money running it uh, in the 10 years since. Uh, But, of course, now we're talking about something different, which is not even trying to make money running student loans. In fact, trying to lose money by intentionally uh, telling people they don't have to pay them back. Well, and uh, I, I hear the term ROI a lot, return on investment. And so these kids that have, have, have and, and, and actually in, the, in these 10 years, the cost of tuition, of going to college has gone up significantly. Once you get government involved in that and is subsidizing it, the costs have gone up significantly. And uh, the return on investment, I mean, gosh, we should have been teaching kids kindergarten through high school about return on investment. If you're going to take on this debt, what is your ROI? You know, how are you going to be paying this off? How is your life going to be better? So we have been letting these these kids down. And I want to go to the teachers unions on that because the teachers unions have been, uh, and I looked at it from Open Secrets, I think since 1990, the teacher unions have raised over $300 million. Uh, that uh, 97% of that has gone to uh, Democrat uh, issues, Democrat candidates. And so teachers unions have not been not been giving us a good ROI on uh, the return on investment on our kids being able to read and write and do arithmetic. What's your thoughts on that, Phil Kirpin? Well, that's kind of it's a slightly different subject. I think that uh, K-12 education has gone uh, in a very dangerous direction uh, for a number of reasons, and not the least of them is the influence of the teachers' unions. And I think that our students are being very poorly prepared uh, for college or career in a lot of our public schools now. They're being essentially uh, indoctrinated instead of taught basic skills, and uh, you know that. That may that may be related somewhat uh, to the situation we've got with a lot of people with college debt that they can't afford to pay back because if you end up going to a college when you're not really prepared for it and then you take out huge loans and then you end up sort of washing out, uh, you know that could account for some of the people who are in a tough situation. But I think that the, the, the first thing you said is more the driver of the situation that we've got, which is you know, university administrators are not dummies, right? If they know that people have access to huge amounts of money, they're going to raise the tuition to capture as much of that money as they can. And that's precisely what's happened. And, you know, in particular, you know, there's a second part of what Biden's proposed, uh, which has not been uh, which has not been finalized yet, but everyone sort of expects to come because he announced at the same time as the debt forgiveness, and that is he, he also announced changes to what's called income-driven repayment, and he announced uh, that he wants to lower the cap on on payments on student loans to 5% of disposable income, and then after a certain period of time, uh, the loans will be discharged completely. Oh, my gosh. What that's going to do, what that's going to do, uh, basically every graduate program in America, other than probably medicine and law, where people make very big salaries afterwards, every other graduate program in America, the, the... administrators are basically going to look at this and they're going to say, you know what, zero of my students are ever going to pay more than the minimum payment because their income is just never going to be high enough to pay more than the minimum payment. And so they should not care at all what the tuition is. I can raise it to the moon and the taxpayers are going to pick it up and I can say, you know, I can say to the prospective students, pay no attention to this number. Here's the form for the loan. You're never going to pay more than 5% of your disposable income. So don't worry about it. It doesn't matter to you, but it's more money for the school, and it's going to be a better program. You're going to enjoy it. And, and so I, I really think that 
the incentives as bad as they've been. If Biden gets what he wants, they're going to be much worse. And uh, just the, the cap's going to be completely off on tuition. Boy, this sounds to me like theft, Phil Kirpin. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you create a, if you create a system where uh, neither the if you create a system where the buyer is not the payer, then you're creating an incredible amount of upward pressure on prices. It's the same thing we've seen in healthcare, by the way. So it's a huge problem. Fascinating. I'm talking with Phil Kirpin, and he is the president of American Commitment, and you can find this at AmericanCommitment.org. We're going to go to break. We will come back and continue to talk about this uh, President Biden's student loan bailout and why it is such a terrible idea. So we'll be right back. Effective financial planning incorporates investing for all the twists and turns of the economy, saving enough for your future, and understanding how to make your finances work for you. No one can predict what the market or economy will do. Three Points Financial, a fiduciary comprehensive planning company, will look at all the pieces of your financial life, including your investment portfolios, legal tax strategies to save on taxes, and creating saving and retirement plans for your personal goals. Tomorrow will be here before you know it. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz, co-owners of Three Points Financial, will help you achieve financial security. For today and tomorrow, make your appointment at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You never have to worry about hidden rates or surprise charges when working with Patriot Pros for your HVAC, electrical, and plumbing needs. Patriot Pros treats your home as they would their own. From Franktown to Lakewood and Colorado Springs to Denver, Patriot Pros has been setting the high bar since 1997. With the weather turning colder, you don't want any furnace surprises. Kim Munson highly recommends Patriot Pros HVAC plumbing and electrical. For more information, go to PatriotPros.com. That's PatriotPros.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure to check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me Phil Kirpin. He is the president of American Commitment. We're talking about President Biden's student loan bailout. And, Phil, let's just clarify, because I heard your solution, but uh, uh, let's just clarify, uh, regarding Biden, having somebody else pay for a commitment that uh, another person had committed to, is it's not fair to make that happen. But I heard you with solutions, and a couple of them I liked regarding the bankruptcy laws, if, if in fact, that... Uh, is changed that could be a solution and also having the colleges and universities be on the hook if somebody decides or goes through bankruptcy and i find that very fascinating phil so talk a little bit more about that solution well you know the traditional the traditional solution that people have uh when 
you know, they've got a pile of debts they can't pay is to go to the bankruptcy courts and seek bankruptcy protection. And, of course, you know, that's not, uh, it's not a perfect and wonderful solution for the people who uh, don't get paid back all the money that they are owed by the person that's in bankruptcy. But, you know, we, you know, we don't get debtors' prisons anymore. Uh, bankruptcy is the orderly process that we've created for that situation where somebody's not going to be able to pay back all their debts. And um, in the 70s, it was possible to discharge student loans in bankruptcy. They were treated as kind of a normal debt. And uh, the one of the reasons this was changed is that made student loans much harder to get for the obvious reason that, you know, the lender didn't know that they would necessarily be paid back. And so uh, the theory at the time was you make it so that the loans can't be discharged in bankruptcy, and then the availability of loans will be uh, wider for more people. More people will be able to go to college. Um, but I think that we've got to a circumstance now, and it's not impossible to discharge a student loan in bankruptcy, but it's very, I'm told it's very, very difficult under the current law. So it, it happens, but rarely. And so, you know, one of the ideas to deal with the situation, you know, as I said, the Biden plan is very, very poorly targeted because it just gives everybody who has a student loan the same $10,000 if they didn't have a Pell Grant or $20,000 if they did have a Pell Grant, which means millions and millions of people who have no trouble at all making their payments uh, get the gift anyway. Uh, whereas somebody who really has a giant pile of debt and they're never going to be able to pay it, that, that may not change their situation anyway. And so I think that the... You know, the First of all, I think Congress needs to deal with this issue, not the president. I think what he's done is unlawful, and I think he's probably going to the Supreme Court. But I think that if Congress does deal with this issue, the starting point should be, you know, how do we revisit bankruptcy laws with respect to student loans so that we don't, uh, so that we don't necessarily create this problem where the financing becomes very difficult to get, and that seems less of an issue if the federal government is running it as opposed to the private sector, and so that may actually even be an obsolete issue, although I would like to reprivatize student lending as well. I think mm -hmm. the government running it has not worked very well. Um, but, you know, how do we make bankruptcy available? You know, you've got to have a waiting period, obviously. You don't want people going through college and immediately declaring bankruptcy to get out of the loans and, you know, kind of rebuilding their credit from there. So you've got to have a waiting period. Uh, it used to be seven years. Uh, there's a bill now in Congress that makes it ten years. Uh, but you, you do have to have a waiting period. And then, as I said, you know, I think that you've got to put the college or university on the hook also for a portion, you know, I don't know exactly what the right portion is, uh, but you've got to put colleges and universities on the hook uh, to a certain extent because they've got to be penalized if taxpayers never get paid back because somebody did go into bankruptcy. They've got to have an incentive to enroll students that have good prospects for being able to pay back those loans, and uh, they have no incentive for that now because it's just free money from taxpayers. And so I think that if you have those elements, um, then... You know, it makes sense, and you know, and and people will, you know, I get pushback from some of my friends who say, "Well, you're still saying somebody who took a loan doesn't have to pay it back," and it's kind of like, "Well, yeah, but only if they're in a dire situation," and that's the whole principle of bankruptcy. You know, if you're against it for that, you you need to be against bankruptcy in general, I would think. And of course, you know, that that is probably an untenable position. And so, you know, I, I think that the people, who, people who are really in a desperate situation, they're never going to get out from under it. There should be a mechanism for them. Uh, the traditional one is the bankruptcy laws, and I think you could reform in a way that, that realigns the incentives for accumulating that debt in the first place. And this is not a, um, it's not a pie in the sky thinking. There's actually a bipartisan bill that's been introduced 
by the number two senator in each party, uh, Dick Durbin working with John Cornyn. Uh, they have a bill, and I think Josh Hawley has now signed on to it as well, that does this, that, that changes the bankruptcy law in this way. And so uh, I would like to see that become the focus of this whole issue. I think that it makes a lot more sense than just taking money from taxpayers and handing it out. Well, I like working towards solutions on this. And so uh, changing the bankruptcy laws, I think, makes sense. Having the college and universities on the hook, then looking into the future, reprivatizing uh, the, the student loan uh, program. And then it used to be that people could help pay for their college educations by receiving scholarships. And that would mean that we would be teaching our kids uh, the tools, uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, critical thinking, and that they would receive these scholarships on their merit. And I think that that's something that we need to revisit as well, Phil Kirpin. Your final thought on that? I would like to see a lot. I would like to see a lot more of that. Uh, no question. And you know, I'd like to see these universities forced to tap their endowments more than they are also, so they don't just grow to be these insane, massive, uh, you know, piles of wealth uh, that they largely don't tap. And so, I think, especially at the elite universities, they could be uh, covering these costs a lot more rather than having students run up these loans. Okay, Bill Kirpin with American Commitment. I greatly appreciate it, that, and it's AmericanCommitment.org, AmericanCommitment.org. We will talk to you again very soon. Thank you for your important work. Sounds good. Bye. And uh, on the line with us is another great sponsor of the show, and that is Matt Dark, and he actually has his own show on KLZ, all KLZ pl- uh, platforms, KLZ 560 AM, uh, 100.7 FM, the website the KLZ website, as well as the app, and that is on from 9 to 10, Monday through Wednesday. I know he wants to expand that as well, but a great sponsor of the show, Matt Dark, welcome. Thank you, Kim, and oh, a a brand new update. We will start Thursdays as well, a week from this Thursday. Yay. It will be Monday through Thursday, so yes, thank you for that, and that came together nicely, and um, yeah, we're, we're grateful to be a part, and there's a lot of um, a lot of activity as we start this new year, for sure. <laughs> there certainly is. And, Matt, I wanted to just ask you about this, and, and I don't want to be insensitive um, yes. because <clears throat> of what happened yesterday regarding um, uh, at the, um, the game the, the game last night. Yes. And it was yes. a Buffalo Bills player, uh, DeMar Hamlin. He's in critical condition after collapsing on the field uh, last night in a game with the Cincinnati Bengals. And... Matt, I can't tell you how many times I open up my computer and the browser that I have, I see, you know, all of these these news pieces go through. And I see death after death after death of people that are not elderly. And I'm concerned about vaccine status. I don't want to be insensitive, but I think we've got to start to ask that question, Matt Dark. And I know you at Roots Medical, you and your team over there, uh, you know, are, are trying to stay on top of this. What's so unbelievable to me, Kim, is if you look at this player from last night, and, and we know he was vaccinated up to the at least the minimum standards that the team and the NFL has taken place. So we know that. Now, let me start here and saying our thoughts, our prayers, our concern, our support go with the afflicted as he recovers. Hopefully, I don't actually know any status. He could be in a a brain-dead vegetative status. We don't know that. It's going to be a tricky spot. My feeling is that this is an all-time worst-case scenario 
for the vaccine and for the NFL in particular. Because when I look at this player, this is a 24-year-old, um, fresh out of college, young athlete. The, when I look at him last night, I'm watching these replays. The idea that that person, that man, would have had a serious challenge with COVID, the infection, COVID, the illness. I, I can't get my head around that. But he did actually or was forced to take potentially life-taking, life-changing medication for something that couldn't possibly have done him any good. I think we got to see on full display last night the idea that the variable of the vaccine, nobody wanted to talk about it last night on TV. Nobody wanted to really talk. Nobody wanted to go there. But we have to ask the, un, the, uh, the uncomfortable, the unfortunate question of when was that last vaccine? Had he been reporting any symptoms privately, team doctors, family? Was this out of nowhere? See, everything associated with the vaccine must be fully explored before anything else is even considered. Why? The VAERS data alone tells us we must investigate the vaccine for any acute cardiac incident. It's just the way the VAERS data, even though it's underreported, it tells us we must research the vaccine and its potential effect in this case. There's no other way to look around this, Kim. Well, and uh, Patty had pulled this uh, from the Epic Times. It says the infection fatality rate of COVID-19 was 0.0003%. For those aged 0 to 19, it goes on to say a study that looked into the age stratified infection fatality rate, the IFR of COVID-19 among the non-elderly population has found that the rate was extremely low among young people. The median IFR was point, as I mentioned, point zero 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 three percent for zero to nineteen years, point zero zero two percent at twenty to twenty nine years, point zero one one percent thirty to thirty nine years, and it goes on. And so, it, it is important that we ask this question. And to you, to your point, Matt, our prayers, our thoughts are with this young man for recovery. But we also have to ask the hard question: Is why did this happen? Yes, absolutely. And, and Kim, you have to also now go, this was just a person that we got to see on national TV, millions of people. This incident is happening, as you described to start our call, all over the place. Young people, that all has to be investigated. And the first step in that, and the first step in that as a society is acknowledging the fact that, you know what? Maybe they weren't entirely accurate when they said the vaccine was safe and effective. Both of those narratives have completely eroded. I can't imagine, although we got a caller last week who was irate at me, Kim, said I was going to kill the whole country because I wasn't in favor of the vaccine. But the truth is this, for the 15,000 that have reported death on the VAERS, for the some 18,000, Kim, that have reported an exacerbation of their existing underlying condition, after vaccination, that is on theirs right now. You can see that, that they had whatever condition they had. It got worse post-vaccination. But Those must be dealt with. And, and Matt, Roots Medical, and that's rootsmedical.net, R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Are there things that people can do if they're concerned and they have received the vaccine? Absolutely. Number one. The first step is, you know what? Hey, I don't think I'm entirely comfortable with what just went in my body. That's number one. You've you've recognized that. Number two, you absolutely have to connect immediately 
with a health freedom provider. This would be somebody at Roots Medical, Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom, or a provider off of the flccc.net list, because every single one of them will acknowledge your, inner, uh, your injury. What we're recommending is this, is that an evaluation be done, an assessment done. This might be thermal imaging. This could be blood work. This could be a number of different testings to make sure that you don't have a ticking time bomb inside of you that could go off like we possibly saw last night. That's the whole point. You must take control of your life. The idea that the government, you know, nailed this thing out of the park, no questions asked, this thing is, that's just not true. But let's make sure you don't pay the ultimate price with your life. If there's something we can do now, let's do it. Let's get you back in control. That's the thought from Roots Medical, Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom, Kim. Okay. And that's rootsmedical.net, rootsmedical.net. Matt, thank you so much. And then you will be on the air here at 9 o'clock. I see the phone line starting to um, uh, light up. And so you will be taking phone calls then. So Matt Dark, thank you so much. That's rootsmedical.net. Thanks, Kim. God bless everybody. Take care. Okay. What a guy. And uh, before we go to break, uh, I just need to shout out to the USMC Memorial Foundation, the great work that they are doing to raise money to remodel the Marine Memorial out there at Sixth and Colfax. And we need to remember these stories and honor those that have been willing to give their lives or gave their, their lives for our freedom. And you can help them out by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We will be right back. Give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. You want a gun, ammo, and outstanding training, so Franktown Firearms is the right place for you. The trained staff is available for your questions and will give you the freedom to browse their large supply of firearms and fully stocked ammunition without any pressure. Your comfort level in the store is their priority. You'll get expert answers whether you're buying or not every time you visit the store. You want a knowledgeable gunman, not just a salesperson, when you're thinking about buying a firearm or learning how to use one. You can trust the staff at Franktown Firearms. They don't make commissions on any sale, so you know they are looking out for your best interest. They're sure that you will leave with a smile because no matter what your needs are, they will help you to be confident in your decisions and purchases. Their low tax rate and at or below MSRP cost will keep you smiling. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, let's get right to our callers. Richard in North Glen, what's on your radar? Morning, Kim. Happy yeah, New Year. Uh, great interview. Thank you. Happy New Year. Great interview with John Anderson. I've met him before uh, when he was running for sheriff down there a couple of years ago. Uh, he's fabulous. Um, I'm calling just to praise uh, Sheriff Steve Reams up in Weld County. He has said on numerous occasions, if a judge tells me to go out and get somebody's guns, I'm not going to do it. And that is what a constitutional sheriff uh, does. And that is why yes, we've had a lot of conversations about being constitutional sheriffs. And uh, and so this red they, flag law... They are, they are our last line of defense, Kim. That they are. And they are. that is why they are elected by the people, uh, which is yes. different. So unfortunately, Sheriff Jeff Schrader's retiring. They'll probably hire some squish that has a degree in gender studies to replace him. <laughs> <laughs> As you say, they're elected, but the city council gets to appoint them. The mayor, Hancock, gets to appoint the sheriff, and then you got real problems. Okay, now I need to clarify that, Richard, because my understanding was yeah. is that in, in Colorado that we elect the sheriffs, Broomfield, maybe Broomfield and Denver, but, but, the, but the police— well, but the, the city ahead, councils please. hire the police chiefs, and that's the difference, is my understanding, right. Richard. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was just thinking of Vanessa Wilson when, uh, when she got fired, but you're right. She was the chief rather than the sheriff. You're exactly right. Right, and so police chiefs, many times, because their jobs has been, uh, they are hired by the city councils, they many times, it makes it difficult for them uh, to maybe take that total constitutional stand if you've got a very left-leaning city council. That's right. Okay. That's right. Like Paul, Paul Pazin and them, they had to do whatever Hancock said. Yeah. And uh, that's why we need to, need to be having these conversations. Richard and North Glenn, thank you yes, so much. Ma'am. Thank you. Okay. Mark and Black Forest, what's on your radar? Oh, I was wanting to comment on the uh, student loans. Uh, Phil Kirpin had some good ideas. Um, but I still don't think it addresses the root cause. Okay. Uh, the, root, the root cause is um, governments in the business of giving loans out. We need to dissolve those entities like Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and get them out of the business of, because what they do not do is they do not do a proper risk assessment mm-hmm. on the individual. You know, what, what degree they're going to study, uh, return on investment, uh, the risk of them repaying the loan has gone out the window. And um, that's why um, we're in the situation we are. Mark, did you not find it interesting? And and I remember now, as he was mentioning this, they they attached this. And again, this is by design. They attached that to that whole Obamacare bill as well. They did that uh, via reconciliation, meaning they didn't have to get 60 votes. It was such a dishonest runaround when they did all of that. But uh, Phil said that uh, Congress looked at it and said, oh, there's this big pot of money because private entities 
as you say, if if a private banker was going to issue a student loan, they would do a risk assessment on that, and they were making money on those uh, student loans. Well, then Congress says, ah, there's a pot of money that we will we want to access. And instead of a pot of money, it's gone away. And in fact, now they are want other people to pay for it. It's important to connect that dot, Mark. Exactly. I'd be even willing to um, forgive these, well, not forgive these loans, but pay off these loans for these people who have the loans on the condition that we dissolve, you know, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and some of those quasi-government organizations that are in the business of loaning money. I'm not sure I would go to forgiving them with you, Mark, because I also like the fact that the universities, uh, they that the universities and colleges that have increased the tuition significantly, these professors and administrators are not working for free, and the return on investment that they have provided obviously has been lousy because the graduates are not able to pay their loans off so i would i would look to them as well now jay davidson uh, he might uh he might agree with me on that i've got to talk with him about that because uh you, you know there's these private anyway i'm thinking out loud here market market black forest any other comments no i agree with uh what you said i agree with all of it um but i think we need to um address the root problem absolutely government uh, giving out loans. Government is outside their the, their guardrails. They're they're outside of what they're supposed to be doing. And proper role of government is what we need to work towards every day. Mark and Black Forest. Absolutely. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks so much, Mark. And I did not get to our quote for the day, and so I'm going to do both of these. Uh, and this was uh, first of all by JFK. And he was an American politician. He was our 35th president from 1961 until 1963 when he died from an assassination. He was the youngest person to assume the presidency by election. And he said this, Today we need a nation of Minutemen, citizens who are not only prepared to take arms, but citizens who regard the preservation of freedom as the basic purpose of their daily life and who are willing to consciously work and sacrifice for that freedom. And that is, again, that is from JFK. Uh, a Democrat, although he would be um, probably a Republican these days when we look at the radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party. And then our quote for the end of the show, again, and I chose these because of our Bill of Rights and our Second Amendment. And uh, this is from Anonymous. It says, without either the First or Second Amendment, we would have no liberty. The First allows us to find out what's happening The second allows us to do something about it. The second will be taken away first, followed by the first, and then the rest of our freedoms. And we are seeing that right now, this assault on the Second Amendment. But again, taking away our voices, just look at all the stuff that's happened with Twitter. But uh, so, my friends, today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.